foretold by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer and he has so fulfilled. Now here it is in verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. A time of refreshing. As we look at this new series, Renewed Life, say that with me, Renewed Life, or Renewed Living, uh -huh. let me give you two definitions we all need to know. Number one, the definition of the word revival. Revival, which means to restore or renew life. And that's why we're talking about renewed life. Now, you can look at our world uh, at large and see that we need renewed life in America. We need renewed life in our communities, in our nation. And some of us, we come to church, but I'm telling you, we need renewed life. Are you following me? So revival is for God's people who uh, need a fresh encounter. Ooh, I like that. A fresh encounter. A fresh love relationship with him. Are you following me? Post-pandemic, there are a whole lot of folk that need a fresh love relationship with the Lord. They've allowed things to get them off track, to take them over and out, but they need a fresh love. See, revival is God touching the hearts and the lives of his children and drawing them into a closer relationship to him. So to have true revival, you must be alive. I am so thankful that we don't have some old dead church. As you just seen a few moments ago, we don't have no dead church. Sure, we are not perfect. Some of us must admit today our relationship with the Lord is not where it should be, but thank God is not where I used to be. But I'm telling you right now, we ain't, we're not where we, we're going to be, but we're on our way. So when our love relationship is right, hear me real good. I hope you got the notes right there with you because I'm, I'm going to be moving right, right now. Okay? You got the app, you downloaded it, so I ain't going to repeat it. So when our love relationship is right, our obedience and our faithfulness will follow. Ooh, I like that. Your love relationship got to be right. It's got to be right. I, I don't understand. That's why some people, they struggle in their relationship. They struggle as a single person. They struggle as a husband. They struggle as a wife. It's because their love relationship is not right, first lady. Your love relationship has got to be right. You're sitting there trying, well, you know, she like this, he like this. And you always got to make a, a, a complaintive something about them when you need to look inwardly and say, my, maybe my love relationship is not right. I need to find out what my love relationship is supposed to be like. God, what kind of man am I supposed to be? What kind of woman am I supposed to be? God will tell you what kind of person you're supposed to be. See, the problem is we want to be like we want to be and like we was and like we are and we don't want to change. In other words, I sense a stubborn spirit in this place. 
I sense a spirit that want to be what they want to be and want everybody else to change and by God adapt and adopt to them. It ain't going to work like that. The only way you're going to notice change is it's got to be in you first. And so when our love relationship is right, our love relationship with Christ, I love the Lord so much till I do what he say do and don't even understand it. I love him so much until he tell me to do something that's kind of outlandish and I don't know how it's going to turn out. It ain't your job to see how it's going to turn out. Your job is to obey him. And when your love relationship is right with God, your obedience and faithfulness will follow. How do I know that people love relationship is not right with God? Because they don't have no obedience and they don't have no faithfulness. You don't know if I'm in love with God. I can, I can watch your obedience and your lack of faithfulness. To see that your love relationship is not right. Hallelujah. So I've been struggling all this time. Hey, cut out the madness and stop struggling. You're trying to hold on to old things. Just let it go. Let that old ideology go. Let that old man that you think that how this is supposed to be, let it go. You know, I got to say something about marriage. You know, your daddy believed to get, keep them barefooted and pregnant and, you know, and just, just tell them what to do. And you be, now your daddy, he wasn't doing it right. That's why he was always mad. That's why he was always upset. He didn't, always, he didn't know how to show love because he, he, he didn't know how to give it out either. And so you patted yourself after him. And some of you don't try to pat yourself out there. We know that blood is sticking in water. You have allowed that, you know, ancestral thing that passed down from him to you. But God said, no, break that up and change. I want to make you into a new creature, a new man. But here's the problem. You won't let me. You won't let me. You won't let me. I'm trying to make you into the queen that you want. You want, you need, you ought to be the queen that you should be. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do it, sister girl, but you won't let me. He said, open the door. I'm knocking. Just let me come in and I'll show you how to do it. We'll peep out that little peeping hole. Who that out there? Jesus. Uh uh, don't open that door. Do not open that door. I said door, but that door. Don't open it. I don't want him to come in right now. I want to stay mad. I don't want him to come in right now because I got to get them back. I got a revenge spirit. I got to show them that I'm the, I'm the boss. So when our love relationship is right, our obedience and faithfulness will follow. Show me a person that's disobedient and unfaithful. I'll show you that their love relationship is not right. And you know, I'm, I'm talking like this, but it don't only happen in our church. It happens in every church. 
And say, don't look at me like I got it all together. Look at the leadership like they all got it together. Because all of us trying to reach Jesus. We're trying to reach heaven. We got, we got flaws too. We're trying to get it together. Now, we can sit on the front row and look deep, cross our legs, and look, you know, heavenly and everything else. And, you know, you know, like we got Holy Ghost juice dropping all off, dripping off of us and everything else. Uh-uh. But we still got to deal with this flesh. And sometimes our mind is not right. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I need a new mind, a new way of thinking. I ain't thinking right. I don't know who I'm talking to first, but I'm just talking. And so Jesus said in John 14 and 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. I'm so, they say we're not sick. And sometimes we, you know, I don't want to be tired either. I know they say sick and tired. I don't want to be sick and I don't want to be tired. But I'm disappointed when folk can come to church and get all this word and go back home and act like nothing happened. Been in church all this time and you still have changed. You get word on top of word. You get word on the radio. You got the DVDs and the CDs. You got it on the, my God, you can get it uh, from your Bible. You can get it read to you. And you get it all kinds of ways, sliced and diced, and put the fruit on the side and getting all of this good teaching and still act like you struggling. If you struggling, it's self-inflicted. You're struggling because you want to struggle. Because you don't want to let go. The only way you struggle with things, you're trying to hold on to it. Uh-uh, 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 I'm holding on to it. Uh-uh. That's why you're just so tired. Your arms have got tired. You're tired of your mind. You're just upset. Hush, I'm trying, I'm struggling. Hush, don't say that, I'm struggling. But everything, that stuff won't bother you until when you just... You ever notice if you pull it against something, if you let it go there, it'll fall all the way back over that way? God said, I want things to fall away from you. If you'll let it go, I'll let it fall away from you. Huh? It looked like the thing that God tried, you were trying to pull it closest to us. God said, no, no, you don't need that. Uh-uh, I'm getting, uh-uh, I need this. Because we don't re-nurse hurt. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't nurtured hurt and pampered hurt. We done told ourselves we so hurt until we don't start believing and receiving it. I've been in this marriage and she done hurt me. I'm just hurt. And so you have made the statement of hurt so much until it has become your confession. And so anything you confess long enough, it becomes who you are. That's why you need to confess his word and stop confessing all of this stuff. You know, and a lot of folks, we just like fulfilling the lust of the flesh 
and, and, and walking in the, you know, uh, the, 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 the works of the flesh. Flesh, flesh, flesh. You can't be listening to God and working in the flesh. Either the flesh is getting the upper hand or the spirit is. Because there's a war between the flesh and the spirit. And don't fool yourself, people with titles and you know things like that, they really haven't been tended to the spirit like they should. Because I'm convinced that every leader needs a good baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're putting people in leadership, giving people titles that not filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's not working for us good. It's working against us. I ain't talking about nobody here. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. And if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and here, here it is. Yeah, I got filled back in 1929. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. But since that time, have you got a refilling? Because you should get a refilling, huh? Often. And some of us more than others because we're doing more. See, some of us have to fill up with gas because we're going places. Some of us don't have to fill up but once a month because we ain't driving. And it won't be for long that if you ain't driving, that's going to evaporate that you do have. But some of us got to fill up more because we're doing more. Some of us ain't doing nothing but sitting on the stool of do nothing, so we don't have to fill up that much. So we need a refilling for where God is taking us. And can I tell y'all something? God is not done with you yet. I don't care what this world look like and what people are saying. God's not done with you yet. So you, do you desire to have a time of revival in your personal life, in your family, in your community, and in your nation? I do. Number two, here's the second definition. Spiritual awakening. Y'all give me about 10 minutes, okay? Is when people turn to Christ for salvation in large numbers. Spiritual awakening is of the lost to saving faith in Christ is a byproduct of revival of God's people. I say that again. Spiritual awakening is of the laws to saving faith in Christ by, is a byproduct of revival of God's people. So when we get revived, I'm telling you, salvation breaks out. Well, let me just say this. Make note of this. Revival will change the way we live. Many of us need to be revived because we need to change the way we live in our home. We need to be revived so we can change the way we think. Some of us don't even think right. We think we're thinking right, but we're thinking wrong. That's a, that's a horrible sound. Every time you do something, God say, wouldn't that get on your nerve? Well, I hope every time that you try to do something that's not in the will of God, you hear that sound. But revival.
revival will change the way we live. It will compel us to live a life that glorifies God. It will compel us to bring others to Christ. Now, let me briefly give you this. Four things we must do to renew life. We got nine more. Number one, you must put away any unconfessed sin. Make note of that. If you're going to do this renewed life, number one, you must, I must, we must put away unconfessed sin. Psalm 66 and 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I hold that secret sin, iniquity inside of me, God will not hear me. We will not experience true revival in our land until we confess our sins. Now, where did that tell us? Where did that tell us? Where in the Bible tell us to do that? First John one and nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to for what? Forgive us our sins. Help me read it. And to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. Oh, I want to make sure you're looking at it. So he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's the first one. Number two, y'all ready? You must put away any doubtful habits. Write that down. Confessing is not enough. Make note of this now. Confessing is not enough. There has to be a turning away. Say that with me. Confessing is not enough. There must be a turning away. So if you say it and you know it, now you got to act on it. You got to walk it out. All right? You got to live this thing. You got to act on this thing. Why? Because 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22 says, abstain from every form of evil. Move away from every form of, if it look like it's not right, move away from it. If it don't sound right, you walk away from it. Well, I, I, it's, I, I, I knew something really wasn't right, but I could just say, I guess it'll be okay. No, don't second, second guess yourself, girl. Now, you know he's not good for you. But you like that talk, don't you? You like him whispering in your ear now. Come on, quit, man. Stop now. But you know he's up to no good. Because now you done found out that he's married. Not only is he married, been married three times. And he got, you know, 16 children, and now he's looking at you. <laughs> huh? Yeah, but I just like the way he made me feel. All right, okay. Don't get caught up in your feelings. You abstain from, you got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is telling you, run. Run, Joseph, run. When that woman reached out to get Joseph, what did Joseph do? He ran. We know Forrest ran, but Joseph ran first. Run. Now, here's the hard thing we, we must understand. We cannot live the way we live or uh, 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 always live. So you're going to change if you become Christ, in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is what? Old things pass away. Y'all help me now. Behold, all things what? Become new. I need to see your lips moving. 
So when Christ comes into a person's life, there will be a change. Y'all help me preach today. I don't want you to go to sleep because I know you've been dancing a while. Say this with me. When Christ comes into a person's life, there will be a change. I need to see your lips moving. Say it one more time. When Christ came into my life, I was changed. And if you were changed, everybody else got to change. So the story is all told all throughout history of the revivals when God swept across the land. Lives were so changed that societies also changed. They say several drunkards who spent their evenings away from their families were saved and stopped drinking and went home to be with their families and bars and taverns began to close down. What a testimony. Because when Christ comes on the scene, there will be change. Number three, I got about five. You must obey the spirit promptly. Write that down. If you got the notes, make, make note of that. Say this with me. I must obey the spirit promptly. In other words, promptly means quickly. Whenever the spirit is moving on your heart, you, got, you can't wait. You can't justify it. You can't make no excuses. You got to do it right then and there. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And obedience, as an obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. I was ignorant when I was doing all that stuff. Now I'm obedient. I can't fashion myself to do what I used to do. Because I'm a child that obeys the Lord. The former lust, I cannot play with it. I cannot entertain it. Now, I did that in my ignorance, but now that I know God, this is no more ignorant now. They say now, if you know better, you should be doing better. Verse 15 says, but as he which have called you is holy. Y'all look at this here. Be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Your talk should be holy. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. You should not be talking like them people on your screen. The movies that we watch, your, 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 your matter of your conversation should change when you are in God. He said, be holy in all manner of conversation. He didn't stop there. Because, why should I be holding what I say? Why should I be holding what I say, Bishop? Why I got to do all that? Everybody else, they doing what they want to do and big enough what they're doing. But no, you are, you are an obedient child, right? He said, as obedient children. Come on now. How many of y'all classify yourself as obedient child? Raise your hand. Everybody know whether you're not if your hand not up. You understand what I'm saying? But I am an obedient child. At least I'm obedient more than I am disobedient. How about that? But I can't fashion myself to the old Harvey B. 
I'm going to disconnect myself from the old Harvey B. And when people see the new Harvey B, when they walk around me, they can trust me. They can trust being in my presence. They can trust me around their sons and their daughters. They can trust me around their wives. They can trust me with their money. They can trust me with things. They can trust. See, when I have changed, truly changed, Now why? Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Now how many of y'all have ever heard that you can't live holy? You can't live all that kind of stuff. You can't live like that. They don't told me that. But I, you know what comes to my mind? Why would God ask you to do something that he already knows you can't do? Evidently, God knows more than us. He said, be holy, for I am holy. See, the problem is we don't know the definition of holy. That's our problem. We don't know the definition. Oh, you know, I, I can't come to church looking all sanctified. I can't do all that stuff, you know. You know, years ago, you know, I, they don't want you to show your elbows or your toes. Huh? You can't show your knees or your feet. That ain't got nothing to do with holiness. Can't put on no deodorant. Can't put on no makeup. You know, just put some baking powder on it, you know. Hallelujah. Okay. Some of them say you can't even cut your hair. I remember years ago, they said the women couldn't cut the hair, even the hair on their face. And the women walk around with mustache and everything and beards and stuff like that. I kid you not, we have seen it. They wouldn't even take the hair off their face. Bondage! He didn't come to put you in bondage. Whom the Son of Man is made free is free indeed. Say you yeah, put, don't put it on. Um, you don't need no makeup. You don't need no makeup on. That's a matter of opinion. Cause we usually some folk with their makeup on. You say, uh-uh, girl, go back. Put your makeup on. Put your makeup on. Put it on. I heard a story about the guy, he got, this sister, she, man, she could throw down. She was evangelist. I mean, boy, the Holy Ghost dripping off her fingertips and everything. But she wear a robe and have everything ready and have a handkerchief. And man, I mean, just, just anointed. Got to put that tid on the end, end of it. Anointed. Huh? And so he got, he, he really, he, got, he fell in love with her anointing. So, I, you know, at the honeymoon night, hallelujah, the next day, he looked at it and said, baby, put your robe on. Put your robe on. Hallelujah. Because he saw something different after that anointing had lifted. Why y'all looking like that? Y'all say, oh, that's him. You know, so many people got their reason why they fall in love with people. Hallelujah. Come on now, some of you guys, y'all fell in love with the wrong thing. You fell in love with boom, bang, boom. Uh-huh. You saw her walking and said, oh, my, my. Huh? And so then when you met her, when she had the my, my, now she got the ball. Huh? That, that let you know things are going to change. So did you love her for the right reason? 
you marry a person for their spirit, not their features. Some of y'all, when y'all got married, you wasn't wearing glasses. Some of you, when you got married, you could eat anything that wouldn't eat you first. But now, after a few years, you look like everything. You don't eat everything. You know what I'm saying? Because what happened, your body started changing. Your metabolism slowed down. I mean, you know, things don't work the same way they used to work. You know, you can just jump up out the bed, throw your clothes on, on your way. But now you just got to roll to the side and set up a moment and think about whether you're going to get up or not. Oh, yeah, what y'all talking about? That, you're going to live that. You, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to live that. You roll to the side, and then you sit there for a minute and think about what you want to do. And sometimes you think about, well, my God, I went to bed, I was feeling good, but my, my leg hurting. What's wrong with my back? Oh, my neck got something in it. I went to bed one way, and I, my God, I feel like a bowl of cereal. Now everything crack, pop, crack, pop, it, and okay, I got a minute and a half. So what God has, and has called us to holy lifestyle. How can you be holy living in an unholy life? If he call us to holiness, how can you say, you know, hey, I'm holy, but you want to continue to live an ungodly life? I could, I could elaborate on it, but let me go. I got my last point. I got to let you go. And then number four, you must confess publicly. Say that with me. I must, I must. confess publicly. Now, Matthew 10 and 32 says, Therefore, whoever confessed me before men, y'all see that? Him will I also confess before my Father who is in hell. If I confess that I love Jesus here, he's going to tell the Father. Now, that one there love me. But, there's a good, uh-huh, got to put that but in there. But whosoever denies me before men, oh, y'all going to act like y'all saint, shame of Jesus? Him would I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. You're going to come prancing up there. Hey, Jesus, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Jesus said, who is that bimbo? Who is that acting up that, like that? You ain't, you ain't never said nothing about me. You ain't never said anything about me. Now, I'm going to deny you. I ain't making that up. That's in the scripture. So this is not talking about, you know, the wavering and denying as Peter did, but never confessing him or accepting Christ as Savior, really. So if you don't never accept it, you die in your sins, guess what? You just can't some, somehow, some way land in heaven when you never confessed him down on earth. You don't just... Uh, just all, all of a sudden, you go to bed a blunder and you wake up a wonder. You don't, it don't work like that. So I do have to say, Christ does want you to confess him publicly and openly. 
So there's something terrifying to some to walk down this aisle and say that they have accepted Christ as Lord of their life. And look like, man, look like the closer you get to God and, and they make the altar call, you be like, oh, Lord, I know I should go, but, ooh, my heart is beefing. I don't, I don't know if I should go. You know what my friends going to say, what they going to say, and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, my whole life is going to change. Yes, it's going to change for the better. Yeah, 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 it is. And, you know, week after week, I stand here and see people holding on to the back of the, you know, the, the back of the chair. You know, they stand up. Everybody just praising and clapping their hands. They hold on to that back of that chair. Huh? Back of that chair. And won't even let go. They hold on to the back of that blue chair. And then sometimes you can feel them. You sitting down, they bumping you because they're trying to hold on tight. Like you're going to pull a person out their seat that sit in front of you. Why? Because you don't want to let go. I'm going to be talking about that in, the, in, in, in this series, how we won't let go stuff. And some of us are holding on to things in our lives the same way and not wanting to let go. Let God have his way with us. You got to let God have his way with you. And I don't care how foolish it may seem because he take the foolish things and confound the wise. It's going to look foolish for me going to the altar every Sunday. I'll go every Sunday until I get my deliverance. Bible says soft answer turns away wrath. I don't know why, bitch, but I'm always yelling. I'm always yelling. Maybe you was reared or raised in a home where that's all they did was yell at each other. So I got to come to the altar, get rid of this here yelling spirit in me. Because I be trying to talk soft, but I wind up yelling. And it's uncalled for. So what I need to do, I need to come until I get delivered from yelling. I don't need to yell until it's an emergency. Hey, that car about to hit you. Get out of the way. We be at the house. Shut up before I hit you. That's unnecessary. Yelling. Just yelling to just be yelling. You got the yelling spirit. Some of us may have yelling demons. We need to be delivered. Because we just yell about everything. Let's talk bad. But you come to church and sit there like you're an angel. Praise the Lord. How y'all doing today? Some things we got to let go, y'all. We got to let go. As I close, that's the first time I said close. God has given his standard for living. What is his standard? His son, Jesus Christ. He has revealed his plan for salvation to us through his word. Everybody say his word. So if you want to know how God wants you to live, get in his word and let his word get in you. If you really want to know. I can tell some of y'all, y'all won't be in your word enough. Because you still got to want your attitude. You stink. I'm talking about how you deal with people. You stink with how you deal with people, people close to you. You stink with how you deal with yourself. You can't even stand yourself. You're so stinking. You need to bathe in the holy word. You need to get God's word in your life. Go home and scrub with the word. So how do you measure up?
to that standard. If you're trying on your own, you'll never make it. We cannot line up to the standards of God, his word, if we're doing it on our own. And we said something, I think last week or week before last, God is about to do something in your life that you could not do on your own. Hear me good. You can't change on your own. You can't do it by yourself. You need the help of God, the Holy Spirit. You got to allow him to come in. You got to open up, allow him to come in and make you the fine woman of God that you are or to make you the awesome man of God that you are. You're just not opening up and letting him do what he can do best. And that is to make you into the person that he wanted you to be from the beginning. From the beginning of time. Before your inception, before you was born, he said, my plans for you were good and not evil. I have given you a expected end. God said, I've already wrote the end of your life. I know how it's supposed to go. I've already had something for you before you got here. So here's, here's the thing. You just got to be obedient enough to open up and let God lead your life. Let God lead your life. I'm going to open up, y'all. I'm done. Everybody stand. I told you I had a minute and a half. I, clo I'm clo I said closed one time. I'm closed. Uh, I'm closed. I'm closed. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. You done danced and got sleepy and I done talked you and Got you a little upset. Now, now you can just get, get on up and shake yourself. Get on up and shake yourself. Now, let me just say this to you. Renewed life. Can y'all say it with me? Renewed life. One more time. Renewed life. One, one more again. Renewed life. Now, I believe everybody in here want a renewed life. If you do, all it's going to cost you is obedience. If you want to renew life today, all it's going to cost you is obedience. Obedience to God. And I don't care how young you are, how old you are, but that's all it's going to cost you to have a renewed life. I myself want a renewed life. See, in order to have a renewed life, you had to once have a life or you have a life, but God said, I want to make it better than what it is right now. That's what renew does. It makes it better than its, initial, its actual state. And sometimes it's initial state. So God comes to renew the life you already have in him. And somebody said, man, Bishop, if it get any better, I don't know. But that's what God wants for you. He wants you to live better. So you can brag on him. So you tell everybody, hey, my daddy good to me. God's good to me. Now, I've been through some things. I've been through some things. Now. I've been through abuse been through rejection, been through divorce, I've been through mistreated and all the above. I've been through a lot of things. Some things I, it's so painful I don't even want to talk about. You've been through the little boys breaking your heart and the little girls breaking your heart. You thought you was in love and you were in love and they were not. They were in lust but you were in love. You've been through so much up until now. 
But watch this. All that you've been through, it did not kill you. Matter of fact, it made you stronger. Now you know what not to do. What not to give into so fast. Okay, so if it don't happen the way you want it to happen, the time you want it to happen, God didn't say it wasn't going to happen. You just say, you know what? I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. And watch this. I love him so much and I trust him so much that if he don't do it the way that I think he ought to do it, I'll trust his way that he wants to do it. Now you got to be real strong for this one. What if God says no to you? Will you still trust him? What if he says wait? Will you still support and work on his behalf? Who was Esau's brother? Who was his brother? Jacob. What happened to Jacob? He got deceived. Well, he already deceived his brother, but now he got deceived. Worked seven years for the woman that he really wanted, and he got tricked. And then he said, no, 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 you got to work several more years. What if you were at the point where you say, God, I've done it with everything you said do, and God said, oh, I want you to do seven more years of what you just did. I want you to make the sacrifice that you made the sacrifice to be right here. Are you willing to go again another seven or another ten years to get what I, made, I said that you could have? Some of us will say, the devil is a liar. I'm out of here. But it might, might not be the devil. It might be God saying, not yet. He's saying, wait until your change comes. That's the problem with America. They tell us that we don't have to wait for nothing. We can get what we want even if we have to steal it. Huh? Even if we have to just concoct and double deal and, you know, and, and, and take it and, and swindle and, and bamboozle and all the other above. Even with these elections. Therefore, they're plotting to steal. I told my wife the other day, if I'm running for office, I got, if I got to go and steal and... and, and you know, take machines and make, and make them falter and all. If I got to go through all that, trouble, I wouldn't want it. Because it ain't going to be no good for me anyway. Because, man, that thing that you're asking for, it is going to test you. What you mean by that, Bishop? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go do the office call. Some of us just want to be called in. Ooh, I just want to preach. Ooh, I just want to. Ooh, I just want to pass. Ooh, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to have the gift of prophecy. I just want this. And the same gift that you ask for is going to test you. You be careful what you ask for because it's going to test you. That same calling that you ask for is going to test you. Oh, I want him. I, I got to have him. I don't care what I got to have him. Be careful what you ask for. Because that thing that you thought you wanted, it's going to test you. And then other people be telling you, girl, you blessed to have him. You say, girl, you know not what you say. <laughs> you don't know him like I know him. Only the Lord, Lord and me know him like, and you know. And sometimes we be trying to protect him and don't, don't say nothing about him. Don't bust him out. You know what I'm saying? And so that, you know, nobody won't think ill of him. But sometimes, let me tell you something. 
And I'm already in trouble anyway. So sometimes you just got to expose some people. They ain't going to never quit. They ain't going to never stop until you expose them. Now it makes them have to either change to do right or they're going to run 100,000 miles to get out of the will of God. Look at the Bible. God gave people so many chances until they, 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 they ignored, ignored God and God did what? He exposed them. He had to expose David. Right? Because David would have been you know, misusing his kingship, abusing it. God had to expose. Look at Saul. God had to expose Saul. God ain't got no problem with exposing people. But here's the problem. Here's the thing that you need to know. He'll give you mercy and grace at a time to get it right before he exposes you. If God exposes you, that means that he's been trying to get your attention. You just wouldn't listen. So if he's trying to get your attention, you better go ahead and do what's right now. Because if not, you're going to be exposed. Sooner or later, you're going to be exposed. So if you're listening to me right now, if there's something you got going on, I don't care who you are in here. You need to get it right now because God's going to expose you. What come with exposure? Shame, guilt. I ain't want nobody to know. And yeah, yeah. Well, you ever did? You must want somebody to know because you wouldn't change. Because you're gonna get exposed. Please hear me, good. You will get exposed. And most people who get exposed, can I talk to this section right in here? Most people get exposed. They can't take it. They leave. When a man is committing adultery and he get exposed and he don't want to quit, guess what he does? He leaves. He's telling you he don't want to quit. That's why he leaves. He want to leave and go and mess somebody else up. Instead of sitting there and taking the shame and the guilt and apologizing and say, you know, I was wrong. I'm going to work through it. I promise you. Whatever. Not, you're going to have to be a real man to do that. Real men stay and say, I'm going to take what I got to take. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to work. That's what real men do. But if you're not a real man, you can try to justify yourself. I ain't do nothing. And they, ought to be, they ought to be thanking me. They ought to be kissing my feet. because I pay for this. I pay for that. I'm here. I do this. I do I take care of the guy. No, no, no. We ain't talking about none of that. We're just talking about your word you gave. You gave your word, sir. You have broke covenant and you have broken your word. Not only men, but women break their word too. Of course, you know, women can cheat better than men because women, it takes a long time for y'all to get caught, but you're going to get caught. See, you, you're good at hiding the evidence. You can hide better than we can. We kind of dumb like that. We don't hide nothing. We be like, Oh, yeah, take our shirt off, the lipstick right there, hang it right there on the, on the, on the chair. And the woman go out by and say, oh, what's this on your shirt? Ah, uh, nothing. Now she's looking at them and you're going to have the word, the nerve, the colossal nerve say nothing. You just gave yourself away, dumb. But women can hide, but you're going to get caught. So why not just take heed and say, you know what, Lord? If there's anything that's in me that's not like you, I want you to take it out of me and strengthen me that I can pass every one of my tests. Yeah. 
I'm trying to quit. But you know what? A lot of us in here, we failed the lust test. Because many of us coming through school, we had lots of lust. Junior high, high school, college. Jesus help us. We failed so many lust tests. But you got to say, God help me to pass this lust test. Help me to see and not see. You're at the grocery store minding your business and that man walked by and said, oh, he's so fine. And then you went down the other aisle. He comes up behind, behind you and said, how you doing? Lust days, you'd have been like, oh, how you doing too? Then you give them the eye. But see, you got to start passing your lust test. Young lady, you got to pass your lust test. Got to pass that. You got to be able to admire somebody without thinking in your mind how you're going to get into bed with them. Acknowledge their beauty and keep on going. Acknowledge his handsomeness and keep on going. You've seen so many people in our world that was willing to throw away everything in order to keep the lust going for them. I've seen generals, I've seen pastors, I mean big names. I've seen politicians. They are willing to go and do things that they know that if they get caught, it's a kiss of death for their uh, uh, profession. But they're willing to take that chance. Many have ruined their sports career, their baseball scholarships and basketball and football because they couldn't pass the lust test. Many have lost their good husbands, their good wives because they couldn't pass the lust test. Why you can't love each other like Christ loves you? All right, now everybody stand up. Y'all sit back down, y'all. 